0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Innate Strength Podcast. I'm your host, Justin, and today I have a very special guest with us, David Weck from Weck Method. Super excited for this interview. Uh, I've known David for a few years. I went to, I think it was number 10, the WMQ, was the first time I met David. And super excited to have this opportunity to answer some, have him answer some of the questions you've been asking. And uh, I'm really just going to let this be an opportunity for David to do what he does best. How are you doing today, David?
1: Doing fantastic, Justin. Glad to be here.
0: Awesome. Well, I think we'll kind of jump right into it. So let's just say for someone who's never heard of you before, uh, what's your like quick pitch of this is who I am, this is what I do?
1: Uh, well, I'm the inventor of the Bosu Balance Trainer, and that was a very successful effort that has uh, basically created the opportunity... To study movement, movement training for a, uh, a 20-year period with a, with a depth and an intensity that has yielded a lot of fruit. So um, I'm a biomechanist. Uh, my stated mandate is every step stronger for everyone. I believe physical education is the fundamental education. And I believe physical education, better physical education, is the path that leads humanity forward to shepherd in a better future for as many people as possible.
0: Awesome. So one of the questions I have been asked is, uh, what does BOSU mean? Like, where did you come up with the name for the BOSU ball? And, and if you want to, a short synopsis of the inspiration for the BOSU.
1: Okay, sure. Uh, BOSU was originally uh, an acronym for both sides up to describe the half ball. Bosu Balance Trainer, and about two years into the process, maybe a year into the process, maybe two years, I changed the acronym, the meaning of it, to both sides utilized, not to describe the product, but to describe the effort, to describe the intention, the objective, so that you are utilizing both sides, and what that means is the right brain, the left brain, the upper, the lower, the fast, the slow, the, 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 basically the fight, the flight. So you're constantly comparing opposites. And so there's this cooperative competitive balance of the opposites. And the greater the polarities that you can create, the more room in the middle for you to function better. So Uh, The ropes in particular, and we'll get to that, I'm sure, um, they created what I call the Bosu effect, which is the both sides utilized effect. And you can literally harness the connection of the motor cortices and the sensory cortices, which represent a huge portion, uh, your hands are represented by a huge portion of those areas of the brain. And so by mechanically moving with this continuity integration and the rope tells you the truth of how true your your fluidity and your integration is because it's constant feedback moment to moment. So you can zero in on a highly balanced state between the motor sensory cortices on both sides and that will tend to create a greater harmony of the entire brain. So oftentimes people will get great ideas and thoughts. They will feel better and more amped up to perform better after a set of the ropes. And because our objective is not to jump the rope as much as it is to download the athleticism and the rotational aspect of the rope, which makes you better at jumping it as a side effect, but what we're going after is the rotational movement training of it. Now the BOSU ball that set this whole thing into motion, stemmed from a lower back injury that I had that caused chronic pain for a year. I discovered the stability ball, uh, realized the inherent risk of standing on the ball. One night fell off and, you know, as I pondered, how am I gonna keep training with this wonderful interface? I thought, what if I cut it in half? Boom, oh my gosh, what if I cut it in half? That's gonna be so useful for so many different people all kinds of people every kind of person and it'll be here essentially forever because it has so much utility and that was uh you know the that aha eureka moment i recognized the opportunity and you know fortunately made it happen
0: yeah that's really cool i think um, the bosu has kind of become and i'm sure you've stated before a tool that's been utilized in ways that are still useful but there's so many things you can do with a bosu ball beyond i think what most people think of and most people turn the thing over and they try and stand on the flat side but that wasn't what you designed it for you designed it to be stood on the ball side and create stability through that like you're talking about the left brain right brain capacities Um, even just having worked with athletes who do i'll have them do squats on the bosu ball or we'll we'll prime with the bosu and uh, an elastic force and then the moment they go into their sprint or whatever they're going to do it's always better
1: yes you're charging the nervous system with almost a current because elastic force is faster than gravity so you're stimulating whatever the metric of force is with a with a faster elicitation or a faster stimulus for your motor, uh, for for the for that motor units, and you're able to recruit at 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 a speed for any given uh, metric of of force. And as far as standing on the Bosu ball, whether you're on the dome or the platform, there's another acronym is balance of stable unstable. So when the dome is up, the device is 100% stable, and it's there no matter what you do, and that means you can jump on it with many times force of your body weight so you and it's very safe all you got to do is get a foot to the floor and so it gives us this incredible training opportunity to be challenging and perfecting balance without the risk associated of that activity as you increase the challenge to balance it tends to coincide with increased risk and now you have to play that game of risk and reward but with the bosu ball dome side up the risk remains very low, essentially, no matter what you do with it, whereas the platform side has a different property, where it is a st- unstable unstable, right? So it's tilting, and now it's there, but it, when the dome is up, it's a stable unstable, and many people don't realize that that is a fundamental distinction that really isn't presented or, or the quality, the, the aspect of it, that there's really no other device that does it like a Bosu ball so it's very unique and extremely useful um, because of that property it it, it's very inviting for a huge uh, section of the population you know kids can use it efficaciously and seniors can use it efficaciously and everybody in between so and, you know, not to mention that you can position various body parts on it to create unique leverage opportunities where you can train the whole body and incorporating dumbbells and other tools with it gives you even more application. So it's, it's a wonderful device that I think is here to stay. There will always be BOSU balls in the same sense that there's, you know, always going to be a dumbbell.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Um, and I think that's a great segue to, so Bosu's kind of where you started and where you've come from. And the big thing that we're seeing now is the development of the propulsors, right? These speed trainers. And I've been seeing a lot of cool stuff you've been posting of people using those. And I keep seeing more and more people use them. And as I use them with my own clients, they just produce a really fascinating integration of the body. Um, but the question I've been asked by people is what's the difference between using a pulsar and just like a rhythm shaker that you can buy like at guitar center or something like that
1: Mm. it's a great question uh first you want to make the distinction between a propulsor and a solid weight so and then we'll talk about how it compares to the rhythmic egg at at a guitar store because i've been to the guitar store and i've played with them Uh, so there's a similar property but it's different in fact so i'll explain it all So basically what we're able to do with the shifting weight of the propulsor is we're able to take 12 ounces, spike the force up to 40 pounds or greater for a tiny fraction of a second. So your time under tension may be measured in thousands of seconds at that 40 pound that the 12 ounce, it's a can of beer, can of soda, and – You're able to elicit a spike in force that creates a connective tissue recoil because we've eliminated, for all intents and purposes, the inertia involved in changing the direction in that up-down. So you're able to stop it, and it's effectively weightless while the material, because you're going faster than gravity down, the material's at the top, and when you stop, that material now travels in the cylinder. A very short distance, but it is a distance that now, boom, creates this ricochet and rebound that both teaches you this technique called the double down pulse. That, in fact, that's how the fastest athletes do run because they're creating greater ground force to create greater stride length at a similar frequency or even faster. So, because it defines, it gives you a punctuation at the downside and the upside, so it's constantly punctuating your efforts, and it teaches you to create more greater ground force with both hands at the same time, or both arms at the same time, which is the only way you're going to harness it to its greatest measure, so for the best results. And a solid weight, it's too slow slowing down because there is inertia, so there is no shift, so it's never weightless. And that creates a great strain. So, and you can't spike it to 40 pounds from 12 ounces because you're not moving as fast. And the spike, it, it can create trauma if the weight is too heavy and it's solid. So it's a lot less useful for that purpose. Now, the egg shaker, the problem with that is the stimulus is way too light. So you don't get the same connective tissue recoil and the shape is not optimal because you need a delay component to make it the right speed so that it coincides with traveling through your body to reach the floor at the appropriate time to create this multiplier effect, or this additive with the force that hits through your arms, it's gotta travel to the floor. And we're talking hundreds of a second, thousands of a second, but when I have that little shaker, it, it's not heavy enough, and it's almost like it goes too fast, so you don't get the same timing of the recoil. So that would be a distinction of why um, that that would be a less effective means by which or a less effective modality.
0: Awesome. So I remember um, you used to have the... I would call them the classic pulsers, right? The, the early model of those. When you created these new ones and they came out, I noticed they were a bit larger in size. So would you say that the larger size was coinciding with that space that you wanted to make a better pop at the bottom and at the top?
1: Um, well, what I would say about that is in the prototyping phase when I was you know, proving the concept, I sold several thousand units that were handmade. And so I was basically draining bottles of bubbles, drying it out, putting steel shot in, and then putting a grip on it. And that would house either eight ounces or 12 ounces. And then I would use little Mentos bottles to and put the steel shot in, tape it all up. And that would be a, either a four ounce or a two ounce. And when you're building handmade units, uh, Elon Musk says that you know, the prototype is easy to build, but scaling it is where the challenge is. So what we did was we made, mm-hmm. once, you, once you're into manufacturing, you're, you're spending a considerable amount of money to build just one unit because you're building tools that go on machines and there's a lot of steel and we're talking tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so we have to get the propulsors off the ground, and I've got a version 2 already prototyped, and there will be uh, metrics where it will be able to you know, feed you the force, the right-left balance, the cadence, and everything. You know, so it will be associated with an app on your phone eventually, but we've got to get this thing off the ground. And one of the unfortunate realities is that human nature oftentimes um, works against innovation because those people um, who are teaching the current state-of-the-art have an inherent fear that a new adjustment in the the state-of-the-art will now render them less useful. And so what will end up happening is their expertise is in an area that doesn't include this new new innovation, and therefore they will use their position to – dismiss it to ridicule it to you know completely reject it and ultimately just ignore it and that's what's happened with the propulsors it happened with the high jump technique that dick fosbury did it took eight years for his technique which is in hindsight shame on anyone who doesn't immediately see that the physics of it are superior right you cannot compete with the old technique but yet four years after Dick Fosbury proved it and set an Olympic record, winning the gold medal, not the best athlete in the field, the only one doing this unique technique at the time, four years later, the guy who won didn't jump as high as Fosbury, better athlete, didn't jump as high to win the gold medal, but he was using the old technique. Until finally, eight years later, the, you know, the, the, the power structure, the intelligentsia, right, the current coaches and all the people associated with it I mean you can't keep the truth down forever, and athletics are very competitive, so if there is a God's honest advantage, eventually that God's honest advantage is going to surface and become what it is. And since I know what it is, I have 100% confidence that the propulsors will become a ubiquitous tool that is a box that you just check because nobody – and this is the surprising part – nobody ever figured this out, that you can add weight – To the system in the distal extremities to create a teaching training effect that will make you faster and going upstairs you can actually climb the staircase faster with less effort than the with the propulsors than without and we've done it over and over and over and we don't have a peer-reviewed scientific study which are so often a whole lot of nonsense a whole lot of uh you know the the the, the, uh, the you know the, the the sample size of participants and then the you know the rigors of what they're actually doing and then the confusion because these people are often not associated with the real world. They're you know in their little science lab where they sort of get this myopic view that, oh, you know, treadmills, everybody runs at the same stride frequency. It's like how on earth could someone say that? You know, you got the best biomechanic, well, quote unquote, the best biomechanic in the world telling us that stride frequency is the same amongst everybody because he measured it on a treadmill at the relative top speeds of a little old lady with an elite sprinter. So, when an elite sprinter is running at a belt speed, let's pick a number, 26 miles an hour, and the little old lady's running at six miles an hour, 20 miles an hour less. And yes, under those circumstances, you will have, you know, a similar time in the air, right, as the treadmill, as you basically balance and keep up with the belt, right? So a relative top speed on a treadmill will yield that. You can observe it. It's okay, great. We have science that proves that a treadmill top speed relative to different people, you spend the same time in the air. But anyone who translates that to the real ground, I mean, go to a soccer game and look at the kid who's fast, And now look at the kid who's slow, who's turning over their feet faster. Usain Bolt, the fastest guy in the world, has a stride frequency that is slower than anyone else he's racing with because he's so tall that his stride length makes up for the deficiency in the stride rate. And if he had the stride rate of the of the guys who are slower than him, he'd be you know eight seconds, right? In the eights, he'd go below nine if he if he could actually turn it over at the speed of a Tyson Gay, for example. Because his stride length is so long, so we, ha- we can never forget to, to anchor what we what we uh, study and then come to accept as information and knowledge, it has to be rooted in first principles physics and if you 're making certain assumptions that disassociate you from first principles because you 're building on you know the lecture that you just went to where he told you something wrong. Well, then you're, you're building a, a house on sand and eventually it's going to collapse. So, and I say this with uh, a certain amount of disappointment in the industry because there, there seems to be an incredible lack of professional curiosity, right? So, if you're willing to ridicule, dismiss, and ignore something without putting it to any kind of a test, just out of hand, literally out of hand, well, then what do you really know, right? And where's your curiosity? Here's a guy making these incredible claims and you just completely ignore it? So it's just a fact of life and we will overcome this and then we will accept the people who, you know, ridiculed it and said no. And then everybody can kumbaya and we can make the world better, right? And until such time, I'm just going to keep fighting the good fight and not fight the mean fight, which is what I did in the beginning. Because again, so many of these people who, you know, ridicule and dismiss the propulsors do so because it has an association with the bosu ball that they've been led to believe makes you weaker and blah 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 and I can keep going, blah 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 blah. Right? It's the male ego not reconciled that is the biggest problem for innovation boom
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely um you said a lot of good stuff in there i think the thing i've been noticing in the industry especially is we seem to always be like 10 years behind what the research that people are doing that i would say is quality research is saying we we tend to find this information and i think um ben the knees over toes guy has the same kind of scenario here he's been dealing with doing stuff with his knees over his toes which Most strength people would say, oh, that's bad, based off of the bubble that they've been trained in. And then it's like they're afraid to ever question that bubble. But if we want to find the best answer, we should always look at if someone has a claim that sounds different than what I've been told, then I should be able to easily refute it by doing it and showing why it doesn't work. And it's just odd that the response is instead, as you said, no, I just don't want to do this because that sounds dumb because it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a weird tool, and we've never done that before. So why would what we've not been doing be better than what we've been doing, even when it produces results anecdotally or through experience that are better than what they've been getting through their peer-reviewed studies?
1: Art will precede the science, okay? Innovation does not come from the laboratory. They're always behind, and in many cases when it comes to biomechanics – and locomotion just fundamentally wrong in their understanding and it is ego and it is jealousy from those people who look at ben patrick and say oh you know that's stupid or blah 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 blah. again you can go blah 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 for years and years until ben patrick adds 26 inches of vertical leap as an adult are you kidding me That is the greatest athletic transformation on planet Earth that I am aware of. It's easier to lose 600 pounds than it is to add 26 inches of vertical jump on top of whatever you had. To be up in the mid-40s, right? To chip your tooth on the basketball rim. And if I see a guy who's suddenly slamming the ball in a dunk in a game, any way you want it, he can bend his knees all the way and slam dunk it forward, backwards, sideways, don't matter. Well, then we need to pay attention to that because that is something that cannot be ignored and it is ignored and it's ridiculed and it's, you know, frankly, if I see anyone ridiculing him, instantly they are blocked from my social media. I want nothing to do with that person because that person can't handle the truth. Okay, And if you can't handle the truth, you don't deserve to be on the cutting edge. And that, unfortunately, is just, again, back to human nature. Blah, 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 blah. And if somebody is demonstrating efficacy that is unprecedented, then you owe it to yourself and the people that you work with to understand it and verify one way or the other. Right? Maybe it doesn't work for everybody. Maybe. Okay, great. But does it work for someone else, right? How many people does it work for? And now you look at what Ben is doing. He will go down 25 years from now. He's a legend, okay, a legend in the fitness. Like I'm an historian of the fitness and sports training industry. I am literally an historian with it. I study it. I can tell you the whole Arthur Jones Nautilus transition to, you know, the different various factors of, of who's contributed what. I've tried to study everybody. Okay, and it is ego and it is jealousy that made Ben, you know, live in obscurity until the overnight success happens a decade into it. Right. So the proof is so overwhelming there that anyone, again, who tries to deny that, ridicule it, ignore it. I want nothing to do with that person for the time being, for the time being. And once you come to the fact that you're going to accept and handle the truth and then teach it, well, then you can, you know, then I'll associate with you. But I, ain't go, I don't want to have anything to do with those people whose ego is too fragile to accept reality. Boom!
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I think. Um... This is kind of where I've been studying things recently, and that's leading us now to the study of the fascial system of the body. I mean, 10 years ago, people would have talked about it more as a glue, like, well, it just holds the stuff to the other stuff. But research is showing, and as we've been seeing with uh, your core fist work and the, the studies you've been doing on the hands, that there's this connection basically between all tissue, including my extremities, to maximize force production and torque or tension, however you want to describe those things. Uh, so one of the questions that I've been getting asked is, uh, what, what would you say in, in David's world is the deal with fascia and how are we utilizing that today in terms of creating better athletes and better people?
1: Well, first of all, the neural communication, the heart, the hardwiring, the electricity, the signals within the body is far more integrated with the fascia than it is in the other tissues. The fascia is the ubiquitous, it, basically separates and surrounds everything and you can think of it as four fundamental levels so you can look at it as most superficial it's under the skin next it's wrapping the muscle next it's wrapping the muscle spindle next it's wrapping the muscular cells so it's sort of you know at every level from most superficial to most deep you know what's It's surrounding the bone that is separating the bone from the muscle and the tendon, such ligaments and blah, blah, blah. So each individual sarcomere is housed in a fascial sheath that now the actin and myosin can spiral to contract and elongate. Okay, So that's basically how it works. And I view the body as a hydraulic system. So we're mostly water, which is hydraulics with a pneumatic control and that's your breath okay so you can pressurize by adding breath inside the system to buttress the hydraulics with the pneumatics and if you look at it this way where the fascia so it's the skeletal system that creates the architecture where you're getting the transmission longitudinally through the bones. That's the way the bones are strong. You put a bone sideways, you drop something on it, it's going to break. You stand it up and make it a vertical longitudinal, and the bone is extremely strong and springy. I believe that one of the reasons why... At 45 years old, you can be stronger than you were at 25 years old, very real, but you ain't gonna jump as high because the skeleton is less flexible. So you don't get the same springiness. And think of a bow and arrow. Where does the power come from in a bow and arrow? It ain't the string, it's the actual bow itself that gives it that twang and that power. And with the human body, People don't appreciate that the bone structure is actually bending and recoiling to a certain extent. As a youth, it bends a lot and you're very forgiving, right? And as an older person, very brittle and unforgiving. And there is an athletic window between the ages of probably you know 22-ish to 32-ish where you have that window of opportunity where you're going to jump your highest, run your fastest. Okay, And so it's the skeletal and the fascial system that is now housing these hydraulic pressure systems and the bigger and the stronger and as long as it doesn't affect the range of motion, the better because now you just got more hydraulic pressure to send force through the fascial body. And so we have to prioritize how we are harnessing the skeleton and the fascial body and the muscles, tendons and ligaments are that connective – well – The tendons and the ligaments are connective tissue that anchors the skeleton and the fascial body, and the muscular system is that internal hydraulic movement system that allows it to flow fast and fluid through the fascia.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think the more I see what you produce, and I really appreciate how you're really utilizing your social media to just educate people, and I think that's something you do really well. And I think you do so relentlessly in a way that people can hear what you're saying, see it happen and then be encouraged to just go do it themselves. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't get. Sometimes we watch someone do something impressive on Instagram and we kind of just get this like, Oh, okay. They did that because they can do that. And I think what you do really well is letting people understand that what you're showing people they can do, they can do it because anybody can do it. And I think the idea of every step being stronger and, Everybody's kind of built as an athlete. We can see a lot more, um, a lot more amazing feats from people if we just understand the body from this perspective. If that makes sense.
1: I set my objective from the beginning that I was going to become the world's foremost expert on the subject of balance measured by locomotion. And anchoring my objective to measured by locomotion gave me a 100% objective measurement system that acted like a lighthouse that brings the ship to shore. If it ain't making you faster from A to B to C to D to wherever, well, then you're not on the right path. So you got to change the tack and get yourself to the lighthouse. And basically, I don't want to compete against anyone I don't want to rise above anyone what I want to do and what I'm doing taking a long time but you know it takes two or three decades to be an overnight success if you're going to be grand and really affect every step stronger for everyone I'm underneath what I train is is the fundamentals of fight and flight which are the fundamentals so that you don't wind up in freeze and fright Okay so It's the capacity to control your body with yourself, gravity, the ground, and versus an opponent that doesn't want you to go beyond, right? They're coming to attack or they're blocking you from your objective, right? So learning those things is how you create a foundation that will support any and all functions. On top of that, so that's been my objective from the very beginning. I set the sights extremely high because I have tremendous ambition, and fortunately, the Bosu balance Turner gave me the time. I've put in fifty thousand hours in the Gladwellian, you know, outlier equation where it takes ten thousand hours of intense study. I've got five times that amount of study, so I'm introducing things that haven't. I've put it together. Nobody taught me this stuff. I've assimilated from many various, you know, from acupuncture and Chinese philosophy Taoism <laughs> to all the way to the western anatomy and the biomechanics. You know, fresh frozen dissection with Thomas Myers and Michelle Dalcourt, all the way to, you know, reading Gray's Anatomy back 25 no, no well, actually Gray's Anatomy is going back like 30 plus years. For that was sort of you know the pinnacle, and then I found Netter, Frank Netter, who best uh, drawn anatomy, and now you got apps where you can go inside, change it around, move it, and, you know, make it bigger, and really visualize the architecture, so that you can now you need to understand the cadaver science, and you need to understand the athletic science, you need to understand the martial science, and without an understanding of all those factors, you're not going to be hitting the bullseye. You're not going to hit the bullseye. You're missing the mark at some point if you don't understand martial science. just—that That is a fact, and most people don't even know what martial science is. all right. And if I had the burden of having to deliver sessions that are coherent and you know, the whole hour has been you know, constructed to give you your best experience, <laughs> then I wouldn't know what I know. Because you can't come into the weight room saying, well, you know, guys, we're we're, we're gonna try a little experiment today. I don't know if it's gonna work, might make you worse, might hurt you, I don't know, but we gotta test it. No, 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 then you're not gonna retain clients that way, right? And because the success of the bosa ball meant that I didn't need to train anyone if I don't want, what day is it today? Does not matter, right? So I I was gifted and afforded time. The most valuable commodity that we have is health and time so you can spend your time doing what you love and what needs to be done, right? We need, we, need, we need to look beyond where we are and we need to have a long-term perspective and we need to be patiently persistent and relentless that we're always seeking better and never content with best because what comes after best is better. So there's nothing that comes after better except better and better and better. And as you're pruning away the inefficiencies and we get more advanced in the study and the understanding, the art and science of physical education, physical fitness, athletic, athletic performance, that's what I'm interested in. And again, ego, jealousy. The male ego, not reconciled, is a force that holds people back and it causes a lot of problems in the world. So I like the balance where it's not just about bigger, faster, stronger, it's about soft, receptive, yielding, and very, very um, devious in the sense that if you attack, oh, you can't even find me. So your strength, oh, now I suddenly have the opportunity to use that against you, right? the more sophisticated, the soft fist educated where my bone structure can create more penetrating power. So even if I'm not as good as you, I can perform better when I understand where I get the most return from my time and effort training. So basically that's the broad stroke of what it's all about. Every step stronger for everyone requires that relentless pursuit of better. Because without it, you get to stasis. And now, okay, you know, and 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 for those who you know copy and rebrand, well, you're yesterday because you ain't today. And tomorrow, you're still gonna be yesterday if all you're doing is copy. So, and it's a carbon copy that ain't as true. So, boom. (laughs)
0: Love it. So, with that, uh, I noticed you've been. As always, uh, at the lab in San Diego, you've been doing always more pursuit, more work. Uh, So what's on the horizon for you right now? What are some things that you're kind of looking towards uh, as much as you want to talk about those things? I know you like to kind of keep things under wraps until you feel like you've got a grasp on them. But what are you kind of focusing on now for people? What's the next thing?
1: Well, I think uh, one of the most exciting things that we have in development is a new... patented rope. And this will be launched probably May or June. It is the most fun and the most challenging rope that I have ever experienced. It's modular, so you can set it up in different ways. It's fantastic for jumping the rope. It's fantastic for rolling the rope and rope flow. And the carryover benefits to athleticism and even jumping a regular rope is tremendous. So I'm super, super excited about that because the way I look at it is the innovations that I've created and my team here has helped create. uh, All we need is one more breakout. And then everybody's going to see all the innovations and be like, oh my gosh, there is a, a well, a wealth of knowledge, information, and practical implementation coming out of the Weck Method Lab. And then people will get over it, right? Those with the egos and the problems. Okay, get over it, right? Get over it. Let's, you know, let's be cordial and let's communicate, right? So basically this rope. Is one of the one of the inventions where I don't like I don't need to explain it to somebody. It's a better jump rope, right? Okay, real simple. You already know what a jump rope is. It's not like a whole new concept that, that is very difficult to wrap your mind around. Like how the hell are these maracas gonna make me faster? Right? I mean, it's just a it's a concept that if it were known prior, we'd already all be doing it, right? That's the magnitude of that invention. Of the propulsors. The BOSU ball. Again, so simple, but who the hell ever thought of it? Cut the ball in half. So I get this I get this like trampoline effect with a stable, unstable device that gives me sort of a center that's the top, not the edge that's the top. A trampoline, you're going down in. It's encouraging you to be center. It's encouraging you to pronate your feet. The BOSU ball is the opposite. You learn how to balance from the lateral to the, the, the the medial to, to learn the spiral dynamics. Intuitively, because your body can feel it. Feeling is knowing. If you don't know what orange juice tastes like, all the world all the words in the world cannot give you the knowledge of what it is. You gotta taste it to know it. And that's again these these egotistical, unresolved people in the industry, right? that are still ignoring the reality that's come upon them, it's very frustrating because my objective is to help people. That's what my, my objective is. And when you're ignoring something, there is no way that you can give any kind of evaluation, positive, negative, in between, because you fundamentally don't know. At the most innate, the cells of your body do not know. So you know not of what you speak. That is the truth. Boom.
0: Absolutely. I think that's been one of my biggest takeaways from utilizing your philosophy, um, even having worked with Chris for a bit and Alex while he was still there. Just this idea that like it doesn't have to be something overly complicated. I mean, the BOSU is a, a very simple tool, but the implications of what you can do are very profound. The Propulsors very simple, but what you can do are very profound. And I think that's something that when the pursuit is about making people better and not about what's gonna make me more money, what's gonna make me more well-known, more famous, more whatever, uh, I think then you start to be able to really focus on like if it's not good or useful, it's not gonna be used or continue on. And so I think when, from my perspective, when I hear you talk about things that you're creating and ideas you're pursuing, I know that your lens is based around it's gonna make people better. And I've known you long enough now to know that if David says it's going to make people better, then I'm going to do as much as I can to see, okay, let me see how much this is. This really is what he says it is. And the majority of the time, it, it takes that direction. It, it goes in that place. I mean, I use pulsers now with pretty much anybody I work with. I have some track athletes I'm working with right now. They run pretty fast. I give them pulsers. I have a baseball kid. He's wanting to increase his 60-yard dash. And after a couple weeks using the pulsers in his sprint, he's increased his speed and decreased by like two seconds in his sprint. He can do it in almost under seven seconds. And it's not because we did anything super complicated. I didn't reorganize his running. I didn't have him do some special exercises. We just went back to the fundamental thing, which is let me see how you run. Put these in your hand and let's make this rhythm happen. And I want you to feel it. I think that's the thing that I think people don't train a lot is what they feel. Feel. and I think that's something that I learned from Wackmith and I think that's something you teach really well is how to feel what we're doing versus just what does it look like?
1: Well what, and, and what I would say is that anything that I invent, I want it to endure. I have no interest in a flash in the pan ab lounge that sells a bunch and then you never sell another one. I want the stuff to endure. I want to leave a legacy that was useful rather than you know own a big jet airplane, right? I mean it's it's just where the priorities lie and I would never be able to put forth the effort that I put forth if it were just about the money now the money's important cuz that keeps the music playing and that keeps the lights on and that keeps the whole thing alive so you have to be profitable and that's a whole other game that takes a skill set that you know is the one that the creative people might might not be so Proficient at in the way that their creativity can yield the fruits that then can be marketed successfully to make the money. So I've got a team around me where we work very well together to bring this stuff to market and ultimately help the most people possible and as it should be. If you can – you should be compensated to the degree and depth that you can help other people, right? So it's either quantity or quality or both – that's what you should be rewarded for in this life. It only makes sense. It's an it's a, it's a equal exchange of value. And I like to deliver far more value where we can fundamentally change your life and you only spent 50 bucks. You see, that's, that's what's so unique about our industry is we are teaching physical education. We, anybody who doesn't immediately bring it to the root of this is simply physical education. That's all it is. And if if you're not grounded in the education part and you jump right to the fitness or performance part, well, then you don't have the strongest foundation to achieve the greatest sustainable fitness or performance because you haven't educated yourself. Everything is contingent upon education, and so we have to, again, relentless pursuit of better, never, never complacent, and never, never sort of false confidence that this is the end-all be-all. It has to go somewhere beyond. Otherwise, what's the point?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know you got to get going here, David, but I thank you so much for coming on to the show. Um, I hope to do this again and get some more opportunities to hear more about what you're doing and where you're going. Um, but for those who are listening, uh, where can they find you? Where they can they learn more about the stuff that you do?
1: Uh, Weckmethod.com. We have products, we have Programming, training, free exercises. So, I mean, you can, you know, if you get one of our products, you have a wealth of free education and you have a wealth of professional education. So we want the trainers to be the shepherds of physical education. And we want the, you know, just a regular average person to have a, a, a direct path to better functional capacity, better fitness, more enjoyment of life. And so weckmethod.com is a resource that it, it's a very deep well. And, you, and all you need to do is test one of them. Buy the rope and just do that because that's, you know, what, 30 bucks or something, right? So just do the – and even if you don't want to buy the rope from us, go, go Home Depot and get a rope as cheap as you can. Because once you understand what Weck Method is, it's up, down, all around. It's underneath it all. And that is the, you know that was the objective, and that's the path. And we'll keep on that path. So what I'm looking for is I'm looking for the, um, the unity of purpose where we can put the egos aside and we can really do what works best. Pride of authorship. Okay, whatever. You know what I mean? It's if we operate on a better foundation, then we have the capacity to deliver better results for other people, and that is how we shine. What I never do is I never clip anybody's wings. I never clip anybody's wings. Alex Kanellis in Landmine University is a fantastic example of what we are. We're a garden, and if you plant your seed in our garden, well, I want you to grow. Whereas you know, many people in this game sort of view themselves as the top, oh, you know, I ain't gonna clip my wings because what if they surpass me, right? I got no concern about that. I want to be a better foundation to enhance every and anything that a human being wants to do because physical education, once again, is the fundamental education. And that's what we're about. And I'm a very passionate person. So I I wear my emotions on my sleeve, as most people probably have seen, and now I um, am moving closer and closer to the point where I'm feeling, okay, this is coming together as it should, and it's giving me the wherewithal to keep on innovating, and I have so many ideas about footwear, shoes, or the holy grail, because that's everybody you walk to the swimming pool to the horse riding rink to the ice skating rink you walk everywhere right it's walking and running that's the foundation swinging and throwing are the you know sort of the trinity i'm going to add catching to throwing and there you got it that if you if you make those fundamental un- underlying factors that enhance locomotive function swinging and, and 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 throwing and catching then you have the foundation that will support any and all activities that a human being wants to do. And it's musical, and it's mathematical, and it's simple. And simple isn't easy. Simple is simple. Because simple enhances everything else. Complexity doesn't doesn't enhance everything else. And the trick, the genius, is in first discovering what is complex and then paring it down to simplify it so that others can... Assimilate it as fast as possible. And in this day and age where the attention spans and expectations, I mean, good God, who's ever going to play the clarinet very well moving forward, right? I mean, it's just it's a different world. You're going to play your little digital clarinet in the metaverse where you don't know how to play a clarinet, but you can still make you know music that somebody else made when you pushed a button. And we need to keep a a, a balance of activity where we are a three-dimensional creature in this world and we've got three-dimensional reality to deal with, contend with, and to thrive. And it can be augmented by the technology, but we have to be careful that we're not sort of, you know, throwing the baby out and keeping the bathwater, right? The baby is still very important and we want to, Marry the best of all things. So I appreciate the opportunity to speak to your audience, and I look forward to doing it again.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much, David. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening to our episode. This will probably be number three in our episode podcast, and tune in for the following episodes moving forward. Thanks so much, everybody.